Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen. And I'm Becky. Hey. Hey. (laughs) We are in the middle of an I've Got Issues series because we've got issues. Don't know if you noticed, but that's what we're here to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to talk about eating disorders. Fun times. Excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. No No comment. (laughs) Last week we talked about counseling and therapy and how much counseling and therapy I need. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited we about all, this series. I we think we're doing great. It. I think this is a really cool series. Yeah. I appreciate Becky's willingness to be honest and dive into these things with me because not everyone would do that in a public forum. So just like we talked about in therapy, be, be comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Exactly. That's what we're going to keep on doing today. So here we are. Uncomfortable <laughs> all for you, our box breakers. All right. So we start with what's on the rise for you this week. Becky, what's on the rise for you this week? This week, and actually most of the month of May, what's on the rise for me, we have an opportunity in this virtual world that has not gone back yet. Uh, Our company has been asked to speak to different high schools. And so I got to do my first one this week and called in. I'm so glad I put a polo on (laughs) because everyone looked very professional and Uh I was just going to wear a hoodie. Really glad I (laughs) went with the polo. But it's, it, yeah, it's cool. It's refreshing. And throughout the month of May, there are, I think, 50-minute classes with different high schools. And most of them are freshmen, but talking about leadership and careers, trying to be an engaging old person <laughs> for these young people. So that's what's on the rise for me. What about you, I'm Ash? I'm sure you did a great job of that. <laughs> I'm like, don't be too crazy, but make sure that they don't fall asleep. Yeah, that's, yeah there's a sweet spot in there somewhere. There is. There is. You know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, I am training for a competition, a CrossFit competition that's coming up this what? week, and I'm excited. I the, the amount of training has been very minimal in comparison to the competition I did last year, last year that I trained for. I feel like that time, I it was like three months of hardcore counting macros, doing all these workouts, doing two-a-days with Becky, all of this stuff, and this year I'm like, mm, it's coming up. It's next week. I should probably, I don't know, stop drinking alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm not doing a great job, but I'm, I'm, I'm honing in. Here we go. Training for a competition. So if your partners are listening, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, she needs like, to get oh, Come on. Or they're thinking, oh, should I stop drinking yeah. alcohol? <laughs> Maybe that's what they're thinking. Yeah. She going to be that serious? It's a team of three. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. So it will be. I shall be there as a coach. Yeah. Yes. And I am very grateful. Going to find a whistle. Yes. Yes. And blow it at me when I'm moving too slowly. Get moving. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. exciting. All right. Talk Can't to wait. us about eating disorders. Let's talk On about that note. eating disorders. <laughs> yes. We mentioned this in our intro series. Just a couple quick facts. When it comes to eating disorders, 20 million women in the U.S. and 10 million men have an eating disorder. Pretty crazy. Yeah. One in 20 people will be affected at some point in their life with an eating disorder. And I just want to throw this in here. If the concept or the term eating disorder, if that's difficult for you to wrap your head around in terms of like, man, I'll never have an eating disorder because I can 100% understand that thought. Uh, 
sometimes it helps to switch it around and think disordered eating. That's excellent. Yep. So if you need to replace that as we're talking about eating disorders and think about, oh, you know, 20 million women and 10 million men have disordered eating. That's that's a good way to think about it. Just yeah. throwing that out there. That is very helps good. you process. And I'm, I'm sure there's people who, like you said, they would think, oh, I don't have an eating disorders. However, if you ask them, well, how's your relationship with food? Yeah. Does it drive your day? Do you think about it a lot? So there's probably even more. Is there any disorder happen- to your eating? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, then here yeah. we are. Here we are. <laughs> we have issues. <laughs> We're going to talk about this one. I feel like the older I've gotten, the more comfortable I've been to talk about my personal experiences because just like in our last episode, Ash, you said, you are not alone. And this is one of those things, once again, we're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to be vulnerable. It's one of those things I feel like you don't you don't want to talk about. It's like a skeleton in your closet, but then you find out later in life, wow, a lot of other people have been challenged with this. And even as I did research for this podcast, I knew I could go into this saying, I've definitely struggled with this one. However, now I'm like, wow, there's two different disordered eatings I can mm, say yeah. I have struggled with. Yeah. So once again, you're not alone. I'm going to, I'm here with you. We're first, we're going to talk about what are eating disorders and we are going to talk through the top three. There are more than three and some of them are very interesting. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to talk through the three most common. Second, we're going to talk about what are seven different signs you might have an eating disorder. So you might be listening to this, be like, ah, no, that's not me. We're going to go through some things and if a couple of those are you, then maybe you do have a disorder with your eating, mm-hmm. something to figure out, okay, where do I go from here? Which is our last point. Where do you go from here? Mm. If you're struggling with any of these, what should you do? First off, what is an eating disorder? An eating disorder, it's a range of psychological conditions that cause unhealthy eating habits to develop. They might start with an obsession with food, body weight, or body shape. So those are all a few examples. Very simply put, what is an eating disorder? Top three eating disorders we're going to talk about. The first one, and probably the most, the first one we think about, most common, is anorexia. Mm-hmm. And generally, you can see this because people lose weight drastically or they're very small. And most of the time, people who struggle with anorexia view themselves as overweight, even if they're dangerously underweight. They don't see that. They tend to constantly monitor their weight and avoid eating certain types of food and severely restrict their calories. And one of the interesting things, as we talk about eating disorders, there are certain personality traits that tend to lean towards some of these eating disorders. So anorexia, more commonly, are people with that obsessive-compulsive personality. Perfectionism is mm-hmm. another one. So that, that's a little bit about anorexia. Uh, real quick, what is the impact of that? Um, thinning of their bones, infertility, brittle hair, nails. So there's some of those things. Yeah. I, so my this is the one that I'm like, okay, that, that was me at mm-hmm. one point in my life. And... I have a statistic in here. There's uh, most often reported eating disorders are in adolescents and especially young women. Yeah. Up to 13% of youth may experience at least one eating disorder by the age of 20. So this, for me, this happened when I was a young adolescent woman. Yeah. Once again, going back to that obsessive compulsive perfectionism, thinking, oh my gosh, my identity was I was fat. I was heavy. And I could not be a successful person. And 
we've talked about Enneagram stuff, achiever. That's one of my things. I want to succeed. I want to accomplish. And my junior year, I saw a picture of myself and I thought, oh my gosh, you are fat. No one will follow you. You're not going to be successful. That was my identity to myself. And I, I will never forget that picture. And from then, that's when I said yes to my mom, who's just chronically doing diets. Yeah. And at that point in time, it was Atkins. And I will say it started off as a healthy diet for me, similar to keto, but it turned into this obsession with the scale, which then turned into me lying. Mm-hmm. And I can, t- I can remember exactly, it got to the point where I would eat one Atkins bar, which was high protein in the morning. At lunch at high school, I'd have a salad, which was iceberg lettuce, cheese, and <laughs> fake bacon bits. Tasty. With fat-free ranch dressing. That was it. No protein. Yeah. That was my lunch. And then if I could, I would try to find a way to skip dinner. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know how many calories that would be. And maybe not I'd eat an apple many. in there. Yeah, yeah, not very many. And so I went from 175 my junior year to 120 my senior year. Yikes. And a lot of people, friends, would say, oh my gosh, is something wrong with Becky? And my mom was so proud of me. Yeah. And she was like, man, you've worked so hard. And it felt so good mm-hmm. that she was so proud of me. And she's, and I'm sure there's a little bit of that uh, nurture where I thought, oh my gosh, she is proving to me that me losing weight means I'm going to be successful. And yeah. I, it shows work ethic. Yeah. And eventually it ended up with her taking me to a doctor because I was losing my hair, hadn't had my period in a year. And she was determined it wasn't because I had an eating disorder. What's wrong? And the doctor couldn't figure out why I was losing my hair. And once again, she was advocating that, no, she eats enough. She's fine. Looking back, I can see, which you can't blame her because I did tend to lie, which was sad. I got into this point of lying. I would tell her I was eating with friends. I'd go see friends and I'd tell them I ate at home. Mm-hmm. So this this is one, once again, you're not alone. I think a lot of women have probably struggled with this. Yeah. And it was my older sister who really confronted me. Mm-hmm. And she was the one who told me I did not look good. She goes, you, you look so thin. And I look back at those pictures and that's not what I remember, which mm-hmm. goes back to this piece here about anorexia. You look in the mirror, but you still think you're overweight. Yeah. Body dysmorphia. Yes. I remember wearing a bikini for the first time. And I went out to the lake because that's what we do. We mm-hmm. don't swim in pools. We swim yep. in lakes. Oh, yeah. And I remember running into someone I knew and I was so scared. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they see me in a bikini and I am so fat. And at that point, I was 120. Yeah. I can't imagine what I would look like now if I weighed 120. Yeah. 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 I, I know that similar to your story, a lot of a lot of my friends have talked about how anorexia is a form of control. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially as, like you said, as young adults, if your life feels out of control, especially, you know, if you have a rough home life or, um, yeah, many reasons why your life can feel out of control, but it's something you can exert control over. And in some ways, that's what you were doing, exerting control over your future. You were like, oh, this is what I want. And mm-hmm. I think I need this to get there. And I've been talking, we've been talking a lot uh, in my friend group about uh, like the Marie Kondo way of like tidying things up and saying like, I don't need this thing anymore. It served me and acknowledging that it served me and then moving on from it. And I think what struck me when you were talking, telling that story is your, what you were doing was not healthy, but it served you. 
you felt like you were becoming the person that you wanted to be. Yeah. And your mom was in uh, unconsciously or, you know, not on purpose. She was affirming that in mm-hmm. you and saying, yes, you are becoming the person that you want to be. And so that behavior, even though it was unhealthy, it was serving you. And yeah. that, I think that's really important to notice because it's not like we do unhealthy things to be idiots. We do it because we think it's going to serve us in some way. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't go into that thinking, I want to be an idiot. No. <laughs> but it happened anyway. <laughs> or I want to lose my hair. <laughs> yes. Or, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's interesting. Uh, later on, we'll talk about those seven signs. You might have an eating disorder, and one of them is the control. Mm-hmm. So you hit that on the there nail. There we go. There we go. It's like you read the podcast notes. <laughs> it's like I did. <laughs> Let's talk about the second most common one, bulimia. Bulimia is excessive eating or binging to the point of discomfort, and then you would do something to counteract that eating. So we, I actually thought for a long time, bulimia just meant you you had to make yourself throw up. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that. So yes, forcing yourself to vomit is one form of what people might do to counteract that binging, but it's also excessive exercise or fasting. Hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, yep, been there. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> that one got me too. Rats. This was in college for me. I've got so many issues. Oh, <laughs> add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> this was in college for me, and it was after I went to kind of balancing out my food. I was so control and restrictive in high school that senior year when I went to college. All of a sudden, the world is your oyster you're going to the cafeteria and you have ice cream or whatever you want every day. And I would, I would just eat so much and then I wouldn't eat for a day or two. Mm-hmm. And I would just drink Diet Coke and coffee. It, my, I'm sure my intestines Oof. loved that. <laughs> it was bad. That sounds rough. And, and I also would go and I would exercise. And exercise to me then was an elliptical mm-hmm. and sit-ups or cardio. Cardio, yeah. And, and I think that was something we talk about community and friend groups. That was something my friends, a lot of us did that. Mm -hmm. You would eat or drink a bunch and then you just like want to eat for a day or two. So if you're listening to this, you're like, oh my gosh, that that is an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. That is not the way we should be fueling ourselves. Uh, Other pieces about bulimia, side effects of bulimia may include an inflamed or sore throat, especially if you are forcing yourself to throw up, Um, swollen saliva glands, worn teeth or enamel, um, tooth decay, acid reflux, irritation of the gut, um, severe dehydration, and hormonal disturbances, which makes sense. I mean, food has such an impact on our yeah. insulin levels, our hormones, all of that. Yeah, so it's going up and down so rapidly mm-hmm. it would change your hormone balance. Yes. Yep. And just the stress you put on your body by eating so much in a short amount of time. So that that is that's another one. Once again... <laughs> You don't have to throw up to be bulimic, but if you counteract that binge eating with excessive exercise or fasting for a long, long time, that is not healthy. Sorry, it sounded like a commercial. You don't have to throw up to be bulimic. You too can be bulimic. Uh, (laughs) So this this was the one I was like, oh gosh, that, yep, okay, I've been there too. Once, Once again, I'm moving from, we talk about a lot of eating disorders start in adolescence through the age of 20, that that's pretty much, I fit that stereotype yeah. here. Yeah. Well, don't worry. You've got the first two. I've got the last one. We've got them all covered. All right. Perfect. <laughs> we're just, we're cracking this one wide open. <laughs> so I'll talk a little bit about the last one and then you can share oh, what you want to share. <laughs> Vulnerability. It's good for us. Binge eating. This is the most common one, actually. Yeah. Binge eating. You eat a lot, a lot in a little amount of time. 
and you feel like you have control. Oh, sorry. You feel like you don't have control over stopping and you, the big thing here, the difference between this and bulimia, both of them will binge eat, but binge eating disorder, you don't do something to counteract that. So you don't throw up, you don't go exercise or fast for a long amount of time. And, and pieces of this eating disorder, if you find yourself eating despite you're not hungry, that's a piece of it. Eating large quantities of food, oftentimes in private, this may increase your risk of medical complications linked to excessive weight, such as heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes. So those are all, all things that go along with this binge eating. Once again, most common, which I think a lot of, I don't hear people talk about binge eating as much as bulimia, anorexia. Mm -hmm. So tell us, tell us more. <laughs> tell us about your, your My relationship here. with binge eating. I, I mean, I've talked about it in our episode on food uh, maybe two months ago. Um, it's something, I think I just never had a great relationship with food and understanding that it's fuel. And I did use it and do still actually use it as a, a an emotional comfort. Um, if I'm feeling some something that I don't want to be feeling, I will try to numb out with food. I use other things too. Netflix is a good, you know, is also a good choice. Less calories. Yeah, fewer calories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it often came with that feeling of, and I think, uh, in college and early adulthood, early twenties was especially when I felt that of like, I can't stop eating. Mm -hmm. Like I would, I would buy a box of Cheerios and just sit and eat the whole thing in college, like dry, not with milk, just like dr eat them out of the box. <laughs> I actually love cereal dry. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. But I don't need a whole box no. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm, when I've already eaten dinner. Yeah. And I think it was a way to, to feel to not feel what I was feeling for whatever reason, um, and to, to, to cope basically. Mm -hmm. And it took, it has taken a lot of years to work out of that mentality and a lot of processing. So I 100% understand that side of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I can relate to all those feelings and reasons why the big difference is when I do that, then it is, okay, what am I going to do the next day right. to fix this? What your behavior is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, for whatever reason, the way that my brain works, it's like, well, it's already over with. It's already done. I can't do anything about it. Mm. And then more likely to overeat again because I feel terrible. You're, yeah, you're yeah. like, I already messed up. I already feel awful. I, yeah. Let's just have four hamburgers. Great. <laughs> I love hamburgers. Well, yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. We're just all opening up here. We are. Yeah. A, a little bit here around... Once again, you're not alone. What could cause an eating disorder? I already mentioned certain personality types, things such as perfectionism, narcissism, impulsive personalities. Those have all been linked with a higher risk of eating disorders. And there's actually research as well that shows that it could also be genetic. And they've done studies on twins. And if your twin has an eating disorder, you are 50% more likely to also have an eating disorder. Mm. And, and for me, this, this makes sense. Uh, my family, there's been some addictive personalities and without a doubt, I feel like there's multiple of us in our family who have struggled with this area of food and having a good relationship with food and using food as a coping mechanism versus fuel for our body. We will link to some of these uh, facts. There's a lot more. There's three other common types of eating disorders we're not going to get into today. Uh, but if you would like to learn more about other ones, we can link to that in our podcast notes. 
let's jump into what are the signs? What are signs that you might have an eating disorder? Ash already touched on one of them, and that is if you like to have control over your food. And one of those signs, it's actually identified as you develop rituals based on your food. So like you have to have a salad before dinner or you have to cook your food this certain way in this certain order. So some of those rituals go back to what you mentioned that your friends have talked about. You have that control over that part mm-hmm. of your life. Yeah. Another sign, you avoid eating in front of others. I've definitely been there when I would eat a bunch in college, then not eat for however long. Just eat like a box of granola bars by myself in my room watching Hulu on my computer. I mean, I've definitely kept snacks in my room so that people <laughs> don't know how much yes. I'm eating. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So that's one. Yeah. You're losing or gaining weight rapidly. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. You're experiencing body dysmorphia. And I didn't know, I had not heard of body dysmorphia until a couple of years ago, but body, body dysmorphia is defined as an obsession with your perceived flaws in your physical appearance. So that's one. Another sign, you're constantly eliminating food groups or experimenting with new diet trends. That could be a lot of us. <laughs> that could be a lot of us. <laughs> I, I Do you have to have, if you have one of these? Yes. <laughs> Is it how many? Yeah, means how you many? have something. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Just to consider. It depends. Okay. I, I think it's okay. There's cert- it depends on your reason, right? If you're mm-hmm. constantly trying to experience with different diets because you're just so unhappy with your body, I feel like that is more closely to a disordered eating versus I'm training for a competition. I know I need to up my protein. I'm going to do this macro thing. Yeah. Or you don't feel good and you're trying to find something that works. That's different. Yeah, exactly. You struggle to stay warm even when it's hot outside. This is one that means you don't have enough fat. That's Yeah, that's a great point that I hadn't thought Mm -hmm. about as being a really tangible. Very tangible. I can think of one person off the top of my head. Yeah. They're always wearing a coat, even in the summer. The last one, your stomach constantly hurts. Lack of adequate nutrition also affects your GI tract, yeah. GI system. Yeah, that makes sense. So once again, Ash asked, how many of these do you have to have to know you have an eating disorder? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but these are seven signs that, signs you, could that you might yeah. have an eating disorder. So, so if any of those really resonate with you, and maybe, maybe when you hear that, if you're embarrassed by it, or maybe even if it's something you've been struggling with and that helps you identify like, oh my gosh, okay, yes, that is me. That, that could be a good tip that maybe you should look into your eating. Yeah. Which, how would we do that, Becky? Wonderful segue. Where to go from here? <laughs> We're just going to touch on a few things. And I know, Ash, you can chime in, of course, anything, any suggestions you have. Number one is being aware. We talked in therapy. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. It is okay to have an eating disorder. Ash and I have just opened up about what we've experienced. Mm-hmm. So awareness and acceptance is step one. Step two is finding what support do you need? There's a couple different things. There's actually a a hotline. So for people with eating disorders, you can text home to 741741. And that will get you connected with therapists, doctors. So if, if you're literally at home and you're like, I need help right now, you can text home to that number. The next one is talk to your doctor. Set up an appointment with your doctor. Go in, talk to them, and they can refer you to a specialist or a center or just or keep a pulse on you and, and talk through a plan. Mm-hmm. Support groups, yeah. that's another one. Uh, I know of one support group I've learned about in the last uh, two or three years, Overeaters Anonymous, so similar to Alcoholics Anonymous, but for people who overeat or binge eat. Yeah, and we've, Do you we've know? talked about I've gone to 
a 12 step program, not yeah. that one, but I have gone for so, overeating. Yeah. Yeah. So there's different ones. So you could probably just even Google search yeah, in your you area. You absolutely can Google it. Yeah. Yep. Eating disorder treatment centers. That's another option. I, I looked here in Indiana to see, and there's multiple in Indiana. Yeah. You can just look if you feel like you need to actually go to a center. That is also an option. And the last one here, and this is probably where a lot of us lean on first community, family, and friends. There is a power in not hiding it mm-hmm. and telling someone. And that could be the first step for you. Yeah. And that first step can help lead you to, okay, where do I go from here? So maybe find a trusted family member or friend who you can tell them about this and they can help you work through that plan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, food is one of those particularly communal things that it's really hard to do without other people or around other people by yourself. I I mean, (laughs) my roommate recently agreed to do a Whole30 with someone at the gym and she made it five days. She did great, five days. And then because I wasn't doing it and my parents came to visit, everything just fell apart. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was because I wasn't doing it. I mean, if yeah. I'd stuck to it, she would have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not on me. That's still on her. But it's it makes a huge difference with the people that you're around and if they understand it and if they don't. If they're going to make fun of you for bringing your own food, that's going to be really demoralizing and you're not as likely yes. to stick to it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Who you live with makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. And, and them knowing what are your goals. Yeah. What do you need to work on? Do they need to not mention how you look in mm-hmm. order to help you? What What do you need from them? Yep. All things you can do. Where you can go from here. Yep. Well, I'm going to go eat my pre-packaged prepped food <laughs> after this. I'm really <laughs> hungry, actually. I will I will say uh, uh, there there is hope, right? You yeah. can find that good relationship with food. And I think my big secret has been the people in my life yeah. and the people I've I mean, the person I live with, but then the friends I have where I can still have fun with food, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't control my life. And I can eat a variety of foods that I know make me feel good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing how how your journey has been. And I know that's not easy to talk about because of the stigmas and because of, yeah, physical appearance and what people think. And yeah. So thanks for sharing that with us. Yes. The box breakers. Box breakers? Box breakers. Box breakers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Hulk. Yep. All right. Well, we'll wrap up with that. The Hulk. <laughs> and we will back be back next week with more issues because don't worry, we have not run out. We have not run out. <laughs> Talk to you then. Bye.